Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. 96.3, we're catching up with Alex Cook from Wealth With Purpose. It is marriage week, so we're talking marriage and money. Good morning, Alex. What is God's intention for marriage and money? Yes, well, look, it's a great question um, because obviously many of us get married and we find that's a challenge and then you add money into the mix and you get an even bigger challenge. Mm. <laughs> in fact, the number one cause of divorce in Australia is conflict over mm. money. Right. So I guess from God's point of view, he, he wants us to see us obviously stick together and uh, be, create thriving couples within mm. our uh, churches and so forth and in our broader society. And so marriage and money is a key topic uh, that we all need to sort of grapple with in our lives. But I think from, from God's perspective, money should actually bring us closer together. Uh, but clearly, in many cases, it does the opposite. It, you know, it tears us apart because we're pulling in different directions and so forth. Yeah. So what God intends to unite us and to bring us together, to make wise decisions together, um, and actually to bring balance. I mean, what, our society doesn't like to say it, but men and women are different mm-hmm. in a positive sense. Yeah. And that, that difference is actually a strength for a couple um, when you bring a man and woman together because it brings balance to decisions. Mm. Um, to give you a generalization, for example, and I say it's a generalization, it's true but not always true, mm. is that men tend to be more risk takers on, on average. Okay. Um, and then women tend to be a bit more risk averse. Now, it's not always that case. Obviously, you get lots of female entrepreneurs who are willing to take risk and so forth. But as a generalization, it's true. And the good thing about that, though, is that when you put two people like that together, it brings balance. You know, someone's moderating the risk and someone's, you know, pushing forward for a little bit of risk and you bring it together and you get more likely to get a wise. That's one of God's intention is that you have balance. You have two minds coming together, two people working together. And of course, the other thing is that with, with money, it should be an opportunity to love and serve one another. And often this is where money can be divisive because money can be often used as a weapon against your spouse. You know, you see this with people where one's earning more than the other and they almost Mm. use it as a a tool of control, which is not a godly action at all. In fact, what we should be doing is is using our money together um, and having a biblical mindset. And the mindset is rather than saying it's his or her money, it's actually God's money. Mm. It's not even our money, it's God's money. Uh, And that kind of perspective you know, should bring us together and should bring unity to how we manage money because we're looking at together saying, how are we going to steward what God's put into our hands? Um, Yeah, so that's, I think, some of the key things that that God intends for us when we're thinking about uh, marriage and money. So does the way we use money mirror Christ's love for um, for our spouse? I think that's the that's the challenge. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a, that's a big challenge, but uh, a good one there. And speaking of money, uh, when we're a couple, uh, some there are some personality differences between the two. What are some common personality differences there in couples, Alex? Yeah, look, you know, it's funny. You bring two people together, and uh, all of a sudden, you bring together these people with significant differences potentially mm-hmm. obviously we've got some similarities but like at a personality level you can get the spender someone who's naturally spending inclined which mm-hmm. is probably someone like me and then you can, you <laughs> can get the uh, 
That's an honest, <laughs> honest response. And then you can get someone who's the exact opposite, who's more a hoarder, yeah. saver. And that can obviously can then lead to um, conflict because one is, you know, trying to be, you know, frugal and thrifty yeah. and the other's more just out there trying to enjoy it, so to speak. Um, and both can be unhealthy. Hoarding in and of itself Mm-hmm. I mean, saving is a good biblical principle, yes. but hoard, hoarding is the that is more the sinful extreme of saving, mm-hmm. right? Where you essentially just put things away with no intended purpose. Your classic Ebenezer then, Scrooge, would you say that? <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. But then you get the spender, who's someone who who just really just is almost careless yeah. with with money and wanting to just have a good time with it. But then you can also get other traits, like someone who's the avoider. They don't want to talk about money. They don't want to think about it. It's okay. it's almost like money's a bit dirty. We don't want to think about it, and that can be problematic. And in fact, what I see, I guess, as a financial planner, is that many people don't often come and see me until it's too late. Right. They, they, they've avoided thinking about money. They've kind of, you know, got married, they've had kids, they've, they've um, paid their mortgage, et cetera, but they, they haven't thought too much beyond those basic things mm-hmm. because of the, you know, the personality to avoid things. So that's, yeah. that's quite a common oh, thing. Biggie, yeah. yeah. But look, in, in marriage in general, when we, when we get married, we all come into marriage with different expectations, you know, about the kind of area that we might live in, the kind of career we might have. Mm-hmm. The schooling we'll put our kids into, you know, will our kids go to a public school or a private school? And how many kids are we going to have? Two kids or four kids, you know? It can be very big price differential. Yeah, there. well, that's, that's a really um, big one, yes. Yeah, and so our expectations can be quite different, and therefore we need to negotiate our way through and love each other through the fact that we may look at these things quite differently. And, of course, our family upbringing can shape us in a significant way. You know, mm. the way our parents spoke about money. Some houses may have been very, it might have been almost a taboo topic where you didn't really talk about it, yeah. and, other, and others would talk about it very freely. So there's that kind of thing. But then there's also cultural differences. There are certain, uh, you know, Australia's a very multicultural society, so you get a lot of different subcultures. And so I guess really the main issue with these differences so that we can overcome our differences. Um, and I think the best way to do that is to replace our own way of doing things and our own backgrounds and our own you know, sinfulness and replace it with a biblical model of biblical thinking. So... In other words, yes, we may come to come to marriage with a different experience, a different past, but we can face it together from the point of view that we are God's stewards. Everything he puts in our hands is from him um, and it's for his kingdom. Yes, we need to meet our family needs and we need to deal with all the practical issues of raising families and buying houses and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But equally, we come at it from the perspective that actually everything that we have is God's and that we want to steward effectively. And so we're starting out with a biblical mindset rather than just coming to it with our own personal biases. Alex, what are some common problems that couples experience with money? Yeah, look, there's probably two that are really the most common ones, and then I'll talk about briefly some other ones. But the two most common ones are, particularly in Australian society, is excessive debt. You know, um, house prices, it's no secret, are very expensive in Australia. Interest rates are very low. People have borrowed lots of money to get into the housing market. And what can happen there is, you know, Proverbs 22 warns us that the rituals over the poor and the borrower becomes the slave of the lender. So there's a real risk that in a marriage, we, if we take on too much debt to get into the housing market, we can put ourselves under a lot of financial pressure mm. and that can of course get exacerbated you know if there's job loss so if someone you know one of us loses our job all of a sudden we're under huge pressure to pay the mortgage yeah. um, so that 
that sort of pressure uh, obviously has a very negative uh, potential effect on a marriage. Um, and the second one, which is similar, is the lack of emergency funds. You know, many couples mm. and many Australians in general, in fact, I believe it's about 50% of the population, live month to month. So they've got no reserves. They've yeah. got no buffer, if you like. And so what we always say is you should have three to six months worth of living expenses as cash reserves or as an emergency for life because we know things can happen we know people can get sick we know people can be out of work we know cars yeah. break down or relatives pass away mm -hmm. there's all these possible events that could happen where we need a quick cash injection so having those emergency funds there um, rather than having to put it on the credit card and then finding ourselves in debt and having to pay high interest and things yeah like that. of course what God is really wanting us to do is that we become interdependent on each other, whereby we're dependent on him because he's ultimately our source of provision and where we're helping each other. So rather than having the independence mindset that the Western world pushes, we become interdependent on each other and on God. And we come together and we share the resources we have, come together with shared goals and vision. You know, how are we going to steward God's money yeah. together? What's our vision for that? And shared responsibility. Now, shared responsibility doesn't mean that you both do all the tasks. Some one person's generally the one responsible for paying the bills. You know, the one that's more passionate about you know household administration, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. But we share the responsibility in the sense that we own the decisions together. You know, if we're going to invest in something, we both agree on that investment. If we're yeah. going to give money to a particular church or cause, we agree on which organisation and how much. And of course, we want to involve God in all those decisions. Yeah, so the problems that can occur here is when we either fail to leave our, our parents and then fail to join properly with our spouse, where two become one and we share resources, share the vision, share the responsibility. If you're a couple out there today or you're single, whatever your situation is, how can our listeners find out more about Wealth With Purpose? Yeah, so look, I'd say to people, jump on the wealthwithpurpose.com website and the best thing to do is sign up to our free newsletter and by doing that, then you'll get uh, invitations to webinars there and other things that people can participate in That's so um, good. As, as, as we run them. Wonderful. Alex Cook from Wealth With Purpose, thanks very much for your time this morning, Alex. My pleasure, Ross.